Hey guys, it's Casey. I wanted to say thanks for checking out my podcast, Pretties and Pities. And I figure episode one would be a good place for me to start and just sharing a little bit about what it is I do and why it is I do what I do. Currently, what it is I do is I work with mostly new owners of the breed, um, and I work with bully breeds. I say bully breeds because it's easier than naming off the specific breeds that are umbrellaed under bully breeds, but I work with a lot of those different breeds. I started working with the breeds um, just based off of my own experience that I was looking for resources and I would run into breed restrictions or just environments my dog was not going to fare well in. And when I say that, you know, I want to go to training and I can't really go into a group class. Um, You know, group classes are beneficial for a lot of other dogs because it teaches that dog to work and train in a distracting environment. But owners of this breed know that, you know, you're already up to the distractions just by being around other dogs. Um, So group classes, things like that, it just wasn't the right environment for me. Um, So I started going, okay, how can I be a responsible dog owner and still have these resources available to me and to other owners? Um, So that's kind of why I started doing what I do currently. And it's I'm offering dog walking services, dog sitting services, enrichment, things like that. Um, What I also do, though, is I talk to the new owners about the reality of owning this breed, having the realistic expectations. Um, So, you know, I would be on Facebook and scrolling and, hey, I want to take my new puppy to the dog park. And it was like, oh, anybody who's owned this breed or owns this breed currently knows that that's a red flag. Um, It's just a recipe for disaster. And I'll kind of cover some of those things in later episodes. But it just... I saw a need based off of what I needed and others. Um, And to be totally honest, you know, Turbo and I, Turbo is going to be four in June. I've had so many people stop and approach me just with he and I being out in public and them going, wow, you know, he's so well behaved. How did you do it? And it's not that I don't want to say I got tired of repeating myself, but again, I saw a need. You know, people were obviously interested. They wanted to know how they could be better owners and have a better, you know, well-behaved and manageable dog. So I definitely saw that need. And um, honestly, a lot of the work I do is by word of mouth referrals. I'm very, very fortunate that usually it's, you know, I'm working with somebody and, you know, they tell a friend and, hey, she's great and she knows what she's doing and look at what my dog's doing now and, you know, I get another referral. So um, you won't see a lot of ads for me, marketing and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't really try to promote myself. I always joke with people and, and tell folks, you know, when I'm reaching out and I'm like, hey, you know, can you give me some feedback or some in- input? Um it's almost like I feel like I'm soliciting. So it's very hard for me to promote myself. So that's where that word of mouth referral is, you know, is really important to me because it tells me that I'm doing something right. Um, You know, and I have been in, you know, business and customer service and all of that for over 10 years too. So I definitely have that understanding that it's the people, um, you know, and just making sure that they're happy and they're having their needs met. So I Definitely feel like I'm going in the right direction. 
Um, I can tell you right now my funding for, from my dog walking, my dog sitting, all of that stuff is funneled directly back into this. I'm looking at self-publishing our first book in our mini-series. I'm hoping to have that done and out by spring. That way we can use it to push forward with our other goals, which is the dog bite prevention with small children. So we're looking at doing a bunch of community outreach. Um, I suffered a dog bite when I was younger, and it really impacted, you know, my early childhood years and how I viewed dogs and, you know, just the need for that. And that's kind of, you know, in talking with people, when I'm having Turbo out at events or, you know, we're at a friend's, you know, business and he's well-behaved and we're talking, nine out of ten times what happens is, a child sees Turbo and they want to say hi, and that's great, but it's almost that redundant where, like I just said, you know, I, it's not that I get tired of repeating myself, but I'm seeing a common trend, and that was that I was having to stop these young children and say, hey, you know, if you want to pet my dog, you need to stop and ask for permission, and this is how you do it. And in speaking with the child, I would start talking to the adult and it was like this huge learning session for the child and the adult. And so I went, oh wow, you know, this is something that, you know, again, is we, we have a need for. How do I reach a broader audience? How do I share this message with more people? Um, you know, because I would take another client with a dog who wasn't that social and body language, amazing. He's one of the best dogs communicating as far as, you know, he's not interested, he's turning, he's moving, and it's amazing how many folks don't pick up on those cues, and so, you know, we're at the park with this dog who I'm working on getting more comfortable in more social environments and more stimulating environments, and I couldn't prevent the kids from running up on the playground, so I would have to take a group of kids now and say, hey guys, you know, this this dog isn't very friendly. He's He just doesn't care for people, so if you come up and you try to pet him and he turns away or he shows he's not interested, we have to take that cue and we have to leave him alone. And so again, I found myself explaining and teaching and I was like, wow. You know, if I hadn't have been here or if I hadn't have taken the time or if I hadn't been watching, we could have had an incident. Um, so, again, I, I really just have been seeing a need for it. And it's something that, you know, dog bites make up a lot of emergency room visits. And, you know, a lot of it is preventable supervision and how we're treating the animals and all of that. So, again, I definitely just saw a need for it. And I felt like, hey, you know, nobody else is going to do this. I guess it's my responsibility to, um, you know, because I do. I think this is an amazing breed, and that's where me incorporating Turbo came in. Um, Turbo is definitely my most my most social dog that I've had in terms of the breed. You know, I can take him out in public, and his training and everything has really made it to where we can be out in public, and he is a conversation starter. So now I use Turbo as means of grabbing somebody's attention and spreading the message. So it's definitely, it's, it's all fell into my lap, and... I feel like I'm out here being the best owner I can be, and I really want to promote that message for responsible dog ownership and pre prevent bites in children. I want to be out here spreading the message of responsible dog ownership, and I want to help, you know, with the children's bite prevention and 
teaching these children how to interact with dogs, whether it's the family dog or the friend's family dog or whatever have you. You know, they're at the park and they see a dog. So I definitely, I feel like I'm going in the right direction and I'm really excited to see where we go and how I can involve the community and my current clients and, you know, develop relationships with future clients. Um, and like I said, just really be out here being a good breed ambassador and a good owner for the breed. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me ramble for about 10 minutes and I look forward to posting more podcast episodes and seeing you guys out in the community.